You are listening to You Were Made For This, the podcast to help transform your relationships into the best they can be. Welcome to You Were Made For This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Hey, thank you, Carol. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 44, the last in our November To Be Thankful series. I'll have links to the other three episodes in the show notes below. Carol pointed out to me that some listeners may not know what the show notes are and where to find them. Show notes for each episode are notes to myself, reminding me what to include in the episode. It's not a transcript and not exactly an outline. They are simply the main points I want to cover. Some people prefer to read these before or after they play the episode. They are especially helpful if you want to check out links to other resources mentioned in the episode. You'll find them at the end of the show notes under Other Resources. To find the show notes, go to our website, johnsertalic.com forward slash podcast. There you will find the most recent podcast episode with the podcast audio player, along with the show notes right below it. Scroll down to see the show notes for prior episodes. Well, on to today, where we wrap up our four-part series by considering the benefits to us and being thankful for the people in our life, both past and present, who have invested in us especially for those for whom there was no discernible return on their investment. Do you ever feel awkward at those moments when someone does something really kind and generous for you? Where they go out of their way to do something that's more than just giving you a gift? Where they do something that shows they are investing in you because they believe in you and want the best for you? Their investment can be something that appears to be very small for them, but is actually very large for you. Or it can be something they are giving up to sacrifice for your benefit in hopes that what they do will have some positive impact on your life moving forward. If you've ever felt this way, like I have, know that when we have a hard time accepting the generosity of others and their investment in our lives, it is revealing an obstacle to our character development The good news is that this is a flaw we can overcome. Keep listening to learn how. On November 2nd, Janet and I attended the funeral service, the memorial service for our friend Lorraine. I mentioned her and her husband Vern in episode four, The Gift of Even Though. This is a couple who were the uh, ages of um, our parents, 20 plus years older than we are. And they had just lived just a very generous life, uh, heavily involved in investing in the lives of other people. They never had children of their own, but Lorraine's refrain the last time we spoke to her about a year ago was, even though we haven't uh, had children, we've lived a really good life. You know, Lorraine invested in me in, in several ways. For one thing, she got me a job at the newspaper where she worked as a bookkeeper and accountant. But I only stayed there a month, regrettably. It was a third shift job. I had to show up at 11 p.m. and work until 7. And 
I could only handle that for about a month. And then going to school, it was just really, really difficult. Um, but she found me that job. She also found an apartment for Jan and I when we got married. And then shortly after we got married and moved into the apartment, I foolishly uh, got a dog for Janet. This was a one-bedroom apartment above a three-car garage, and I never asked the landlady for permission. And when she found out, she, she made us get rid of our dog. Barney was his name. And in thinking about that uh, years later, you know, I bet Lorraine's credibility took a hit because of our youthful or my youthful indiscretion. But, but she never said a word about it to me. Her behavior and how she lived life encouraged Janet and me to be more like her. Her investment in our life contributed greatly to shaping us into the people we are today. We learned so much about generosity and giving of ourselves to other people because of Lorraine. Another person that invested in me from a long time ago was, of all people, a guidance counselor in high school. I wrote about her in my book, Them, The Richer Life Found in Caring for Others. One day she had called me into her office like she did all the seniors and just asked what we planned to do upon graduation. Well, I had pretty much resigned that I was going to go to college, but in town because I didn't have enough money to go away to school. But then she said to me, Uh, is that really what you want to do? And I said, no, I really want to leave home, but I couldn't afford to. And one of the reasons I couldn't afford to is because I wasn't going to get any financial aid because my parents wouldn't sign the paperwork for the financial aid. She thought, hmm. She said, well, how about if I did some checking and uh, if I could get you some financial aid, would you prefer to go away to college? I said, yeah, could, is that possible? Well, a, f- a week or two later, I got a call. Uh, I was called into her office, and she said, hey, I've got good news. I uh, was able, I made a few phone calls, and I was able to get you some financial aid to go to the University of Wisconsin at Eau Claire. And I was so excited, just so thrilled. I felt like I had been let out of prison. And thinking about this many years later, you know, what was in it for her? What was in it for Mrs. Roller? Actually, nothing. You know, she was doing her job, and, but she did it in a way that I thought was over and above the call of duty, making, making those phone calls. And I'm just so grateful for what she did and the investment that she made in, in my life by starting a set of circumstances rolling that has uh, changed the trajectory of my life ever since. A third example of people investing in me was kind of a collective investment from the uh, small Lutheran church that we in, uh, attended uh, in college in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. The pastor's wife uh, was the one who led the college and career Sunday school class, and she taught the Book of Romans for two years. There were about 20 of us in that class, two of whom I know since became pastors. Uh, Carol was in there with with Janet and me, Carol, our executive producer and uh, former roommate of Janet's. She was in there with us. And what happened in that class and in that church uh, set the direction for the rest of my life and the life of many of my 
my peers. You know, the church didn't get anything out of it. You know, college students aren't known to be big contributors to the church coffers. Um, The only thing they got out of it was obeying God and being faithful in their mission as a church to grow disciples, to grow people in their relationship with Jesus. You know, it would be interesting to see what happened to everyone 50 years. uh, It's been about 50 years now uh, since that experience, since that class. Just recently, there is another couple that has invested in in me personally. And I can't really name them or or talk about it just yet because I haven't gotten their permission. Um, But I can tell you what they did was one of the most meaningful things anyone has ever done for me. And their investment in me has has, uh, deeply touched my heart. Well, here's what I've learned in thinking uh, today about people that have invested in my life and in the life of other people. Just a few things. When When it seems like there's nothing in it for the people who invest in us, they actually do benefit, but in ways that we may not notice or appreciate. Our natural inclination is to focus on us as a beneficiary of someone's investment in us. And we can easily miss how it benefits the other person. They get something out of it too. Another thing I've learned is that some people really have the gift of giving. Romans 12 talks about this. And for people like this, Paul says that we should let them give. We should allow people to exercise their spiritual gifts. And so when someone is kind and generous to us, if we do things to, in some way, minimize what they've given us, it really detracts from the benefit that they receive in exercising their spiritual gift. Receiving well what people do to invest in us is really an antidote to our pride. It's a reminder of our need for control and that we don't control nearly as much as we think we do. When people invest in us, it's a reminder that we may not be as generous or sacrificial as those who are kind and generous and sacrificial to us. It can pick at our conscience. We may even feel shame that we're not as good a person as they are. But if it motivates us to be like them, this kind of shame is a good thing. When people invest in us, it really encourages us to pay it forward, to model for others what has been modeled for me. When we allow people to invest in us, we lower ourselves a bit. It's an admission of our neediness. It's a recognition of our need for community. When we step back to be thankful for people who poured into our lives, we acknowledge how we all need each other and how we ourselves can profit by investing in other people. It can raise the bar of our own character development. We have someone we can model ourselves after, and we let a big part of them rub off on us. And finally, when people invest in us and believe in us, it gives us a picture of Jesus, because that's what he does. Well, before I close, here's the main takeaway from today's episode. 
our show in a sentence. We can be the person others are thankful for when we invest in them for no other reason than to enjoy the pleasures of reflecting well the character of Jesus. Well, here's what we can do uh, in response to today's show. We can ask ourselves, who are the people that we are thankful for that have invested in us, that believed in us and poured into our life without any strings attached or without any discernible benefit to themselves? Who are these people and how can we thank them? And then what can each of us do now to invest in other people? even with something short and quick that can change someone's life. Who can we represent Jesus to by calling upon his power to reflect his character well? And as always, another thing you can do is to let me and your fellow listeners know what resonated with you about today's episode. You can share your thoughts in the leave a reply box at the bottom of the show notes. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and unless you are a business owner, may the Friday that follows be anything but black for you. May your day after Thanksgiving be full of orange and yellow and bright red and other colors that reflect a heart overflowing with thanksgiving to God for all the ways he has blessed you. And if you are a business owner, may your Black Friday be over the top with profits that put you in the black for the year and reward you for the risk you've taken to fight the battles of commerce you face each day. May you use those profits from Black Friday to hire more people for new jobs you create. May your profits be used to give raises and bonuses to the hardworking men and women you employ so they can better provide for their families. May the profits you generate on Black Friday, be used by you and your employees to fund and support missionaries spreading the good news of Jesus Christ to every known people group on earth. Yes, may your Black Friday be yet another channel God uses to bless you and bring glory to himself. Well, now for our relationship quote of the week. Comes to us from Chris Voss. I'll explain him in a second, but here's what he says. We're all hungry for a map to joy. And when someone is courageous enough to draw it for us, we naturally follow. Uh, Chris Voss is the author of a book I read just recently called Never Split the Difference, Negotiating as if Your Life Depended on It. He's a former FBI hostage negotiator. And I'm not sure why I picked picked the book other than I... Uh, heard him interviewed on another podcast, and I was just fascinated with his life. And the book is actually really about listening. Uh, A hostage negotiator has to be a very keen listener, and that's a subject that I'm always interested in. So you might want to check that book out. And one of these days, I'm going to be doing a book review of of that book and, and other books as well that I've been reading. Well, that's all for today, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Goodbye for now.